0: Are you seeking to broaden your horizons, to stay relevant and become future fit? Do you want to fuel your creativity and inspire innovation? Or are you simply looking to put the kapow back into your business? Then look no further. Join Carmen Murray, entrepreneur, innovator, and tech-fundie with her big personality and presentation style as she interviews celebrities, alchemists, newsmakers, and business experts to discover the stories behind their success. The Carmen Murray Show will open your mind and help you turn knowledge into magic. Let knowledge be your superpower. And now, from Solid Gold Studios, here's your host, Carmen Murray. Hey, 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 future tribe, welcome
1: to yet another episode on The Carmen Murray Show. As the season is festive and we're going into this wonderful time where we're celebrating with friends and family, there is also a lot of good that we can do in the world. And I was actually recently reading a book, The Practice, which is all about shipping creative work by Seth Godin. And I came across this fascinating piece, which I would like to read to you. And then I would like to introduce you to somebody very special to me. So, this is a skidder ekmek. There is a bread on the, on the hook. It's an ancient tradition in Turkey. When buying a loaf from the local bakery, you can choose to pay for an extra loaf, and after bagging your purchase, the owner will hang the second loaf on a hook on the wall. If a person in need comes by, he or she can ask if there's anything on the hook. If so, the bread is shared and the hunger is relieved. Perhaps as important, community is built. When you choose to produce creative work, you're solving a problem, not just for you, but for those who will encounter what you've made. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Fuad Geven. He is um, a hospitality executive. He's also president and owner of Bula LLC. And I would like for him to take us a little bit deeper into this ancient tradition, but also to share with us the Turkish culture and their resilience and kindness, and also how this lends itself into innovation. So, Fuat, you and I come a long time ago. You and I used to work on the ships for many, many years together. Um yeah. It's been a long time. How are you? And... What are you up to?
2: Hey, Carmen. I am doing great. And, you know, it's so nice to see you again after so many years. It just brought so many good memories from the cruise ships that we worked together. I am right now at, uh, in Florida, in Orlando. I've been here almost the last 28 years. So working in the hospitality and trying to make a difference in the people's life.
1: Fantastic. So, so, when I talk about this particular tradition, how did you experience it growing up in Turkey?
2: So, the comment, ask the Ikmek is not the biggest thing that, you know, the kindness that we try to provide to each other. It's just a small picture, right? Before I explain how the kindness started, I want to go back a little bit to the history, right? How the Turkey became a Turkey. 1299, the Osman, created the empire later on called Ottoman. The Ottoman Empire was the empire ruled over 600 years, many countries in Europe, in Africa, in Middle East, and also in Asia. So the countries like, you know, uh, Bosnia, Iran, Iraq, you know, the, uh, the Somalia, you know, many countries, you know, Hungary was under the Ottoman rule over 600 years. So. The things that Ottoman tried to provide, you know, the fairness and the happiness, right, to each other. So what happened is, after the 600 years, you see all these countries, they still have their own language. They don't speak Turkish, right? They still have their own religion. There was no pressure on that. So, and the culture that we give and the culture we receive, it's not just to give, to receive, you know, it just created what is the Turkey today. So ask the Ekmek. Is the kindness, you know, the bread is the one of the most important thing in the world, right? Bread and water. If you have a bread and you have water, you can live. So bread has very holy space in our heart, right? We will never throw a bread on the floor. If we see the bread on the floor, we take the bread from the floor, kiss three times, okay? And put the bread somewhere that people do not step on it. Bread has really a big impact in our life. So giving bread is like a giving heart. To the other people. Wow. What I know, I did not do that, but I know my brother does that every week, every Friday. Okay, he just go to bakery, he just order hundred breads, and tell the person that hey, put three in each, and you know, and they put three in each, and they start to put in the hang. So the people who doesn't want to pay or who doesn't have money, they just go, they get the break, and they go home. So you cannot. Give money to the people you don't know where they're gonna spend the money, but you know if you give them a bread They're just gonna go eat at home. So and we don't believe that people who has money They will just go get the free bread because they know the people who doesn't have money They won't be able to get it. So you know the traditions go like that But this is just a small piece of the kindness. It's just a one piece like I can Give you some example would you like me to do it? i would
1: love that yes okay. take us on a virtual tour okay. Turkey.
2: <laughs> right come as i say you know while that 600 years that we were mixed up with the other countries other religion other cultures we learn a lot of good things and we teach a lot of good things too right so one of the things that you know it's nothing to do with the religion it's nothing to do with the uh you know the culture or the race it is the kindnesses, like, you know, in our religion, we do fast one month that we call Ramadan, okay? So we do not eat from sunrise to the sunset or drink. So you do not put anything in your mouth, that whole nine months, uh, the whole 30 days, right? What it gives you, it gives you the understanding the hungry people, because we don't eat all day. You don't drink all day. It makes you more close to the people that, who really cannot do that to understand their feelings,
1: hmm.
2: right? But it's still not fair. Why? Because in the end of the day, you know, you know, when the sunset comes, you will have a meal. You still won't feel the same because you don't know those people, if they're going to have a meal or not. So that's the reason during Ramadan, we invite many people to our house to share our food. Some people, they made a big tent and they give that 30 days free food for the people. And also after the Ramadan, we sacrifice the lamb or cow, okay? And we give, we divided that into seven pieces. We give six pieces to the poor people. We only take one pieces. We are allowed to take only one pieces to ourselves. Hmm. As soon as that finish, as I say, it makes a small piece. As soon as that finishes, it becomes a zakat. That it means that you have to pay tax to the poor people. But it's between you and the poor people and the God. So the recommendation is 2.5% of your saving or income. But there is a maximum limit. If you're making, for example, millions of dollars, you are not gonna pay 2.5. There is a maximum limit, you know. Sometimes they provide by the you know religious people, and we sit and we calculate how much money we make this year, how much we could save, how much but okay two point five percent we take that money and we find out who's poor people, and we give them so as you can see, the askcadete makes just a small piece of the mm. the the, uh, the kindnesses
1: it 's quite fascinating because you know. When I just listen to that, it's like, why is this not being adopted as a global tradition or a global action that we can take against poverty? I mean, I'm from Africa, so you know, here we have a lot of um, disparity, if I can put it that way. I just think that it's a it's a beautiful sentiment. It's also something beautiful to take from generation to generation. When you moved to Florida, I mean, I remember on the ships. I mean, you you were like one of the most popular people on the ships. I've never seen somebody so popular in my life. Like, oh my gosh, your voice always used to go all over. Like, um, when it's dinner time, and you used to do the craziest stuff, making announcements. People come for dinner, and I always remember in the crew bar. I would never forget. We used to have a crew bar where we where we used to hang out after our shifts. Everybody used to stream in, like, after the dinners and, the, like, 10 o'clock at night, we used to start, like, moving into the club, bar. And Turkish music was playing. And all <laughs> of you guys, like, started, like, doing this Turkish dance and I was fascinated by it. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's so beautiful. I don't think, I, um, I mean, I'm Afrikaans. <laughs> I think the only thing that we have is called Soki, which is a terrible lung aram. It's a dance with the, the arms <laughs> out in a long style, which is so embarrassing, um, which I would never do in my life. But I mean, I, I've never seen such a culture that's so rich in its core. Now that you're in Florida living there, how have you been able to continue your tradition with your family into the American culture?
2: So, Carmen, even I've been 28 years over here, I have not changed my culture or I have not adopted any different culture into my life, okay, since I'm over here. Because here is, people are more about themselves. I love Americans. I love the, you know, the diversity. But there is no, uh, there is no like, hey, let's get together, do these kindnesses. It's just the personal to personal. Like, you know, you want to do yourself, you do yourself. Uh, just a small example, you know, my daughter yesterday came, said, hey, dad, you know, there are some poor people, they write, you know, poor kids, they write it, what they wanted in the school. You know, can we go do shopping for them? I'm like, hey, it's not important what religion, what it is, just to put a smile on the people's face. And I, and this is not uh, just because I am saying because we are interviewing. I try to do at least one kindnesses every day. Because in the night, when I go to sleep, I ask myself, "What did I do today?" Just one, you know. Just if you do just one kindness, is one unexpected. You're gonna have 365. Just one. Just imagine just one. And if everybody does one, we can change the world, man.
1: Mm, Absolutely agree. You know,
2: just yeah, just just the one. Like, why not to person who's sitting over there? Just a small example, right? In McDonald's, you see the person who's sitting there. Why not just to go stop and take their trays? Say, hey, can I clean that for you? And I'm not exaggerated. These small things makes a huge difference in people's lives. You know, if police stop you for some reason, why not just to say, hey, thanks for your service. How are you? Oh, my God, you just break the, everything, right? Just imagine that police stop you for for a regular check on your driving license or something. Just saying the simple things will diffuse all these negative things. Right? It is just as small things. You know, that's what they say, right? Devil's in details. So...
1: I mean, let let's be honest. Let's let's move into this freakish world that we are currently finding ourselves in. Cancel culture. We've got like you can't say something right or wrong. You always get yourself into trouble. People have a lot on their mind. There's identity politics. All of those kind of things. How do you find? Because I mean, like from 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 what you're explaining to me. You know, also the Turkish are very kind, but also I I believe they're very resilient, and I'll get to that shortly. But I mean, in this world where everybody wants their voices heard and they have so many different opinions, some people might take offense to kindness, you know, the kindness effect, if I can put it that way, because, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example here, one of the guys that I know that's involved in charity and counseling, every month they go and they do dignity packs and these dignity packs is under um, um shaving cream um soap and all of those kind of things um for for the communities and the dads get so offended by it because they're like oh, are you saying that i can't provide for my family even though they are so so poor and it's almost like that thing of i don't want to take from you what is your opinion on that
2: Carmen, this is just the, you know, individuals who may give that kind of uh, feedback. But generally, right, you know, here, you know, the company that I used to work, which was uh, Universal, right, we used to do, and they are still doing that. I'm not with them anymore. 300,000 packed meal sent to Haiti every year. And they still do that. They just finished, in fact, like two weeks ago. So I'm sure there's some people who may say that, hey, I don't want to take it. But those things should not stop what we wanna do. You know, those, those feedbacks is, hey, okay, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna stop because you just say something negative. So if you feel offended, I apologize. Not I'm trying to offend you, it's just I'm trying to do something different for you or different for other people. You know what's the best feeling in the whole world? Just to give and feel that relief in your body that seeing that smile on the people. Like, you know, the more that you give, it's like a, you know, the more that you have, it's more that you feel peaceful with yourself. But you have to try that. The moment that you try that, you see the enjoyment, you're gonna do more and more. In these years, in this century, what's happening is people forget to do those things, right? We all have a purpose to come this earth. Yes, my job to provide my family, but it's not my purpose. That's not the purpose I came to world. That's my duty. What is my purpose? What is your purpose? You know, in next 50 years, Carmen, or 40 years, maybe tomorrow, we won't be exist. So what good things we left behind us? What is the things? Who would really feel sorry because you are not around because you made a difference in their life? You know, when you think more like that and you want to give more, you know, I there is a, a girl said in Instagram. Actually, there's three, five of them that I follow. They spend all their days to feed the stray dogs and the cats. Oh my God, you should see the happiness on their face. They put their whole salary on that. You know, sometimes they exaggerate a little bit. They say, oh, oh my God, you know, I didn't do a grocery for myself. I'm hungry, but I'm going to feed the dogs. Yeah, that's great, but you need to make sure you feed yourself too. So, you know, seeing those people happiness and being part of that, it makes the you know biggest things and the biggest difference in your personal life.
1: Yeah. Speaking of cats, I don't know if this is the right country. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I watched a show on Netflix and I, I is do Istanbul. believe it was on Turkey. And it, it, Yeah. Istanbul. Where all the cats come together and all the people, it's like this tradition and people come to feed the cats. Like it's a,
2: yeah.
1: I saw it and yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, that is the most fascinating thing. But like, I'm like. You Is know, that, I was in, I was in Istanbul. Cats. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was in Istanbul four months ago. So I stayed there a couple months. You know, I went one of the really, really, uh, upscale shopping area. Okay. I entered one of the, uh, store. I see a stray dog laying down in the store. And everybody was jumping top of the dog because they didn't want to, uh, make the dog uncomfortable. And I called the manager. I'm like, you know, I am so happy to see that dog over here. Your customer doesn't say anything. She said, nope. You don't need the customers who come over here and make a noise about the dog that who is called outside. Choose to our store. I'm like, you know what, can I give you a hug? And it's, it's like, yes, you find some. You find some. Don't take me wrong. Everything is not so... uh Peaceful, so, uh, you know, the ping and everybody does the right thing. That's not correct. You know, there's some people, you find them, the, you know, they hurt the animals, you know, there's, you find some psychos, but those are individuals. I'm talking about general. Yes, you know, the bad examples we see that's over there too, you know, but as a culture, yeah, you know, we have a dog that it, it has a chip right now. They, the dog loves to travel with the bus from seat, uh, from the town to the town. And now they put a chip on the dog, try, you know, try to find out which bus station is going to stop next, that they put water and the food there.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I love it. I, I live in an area, I know it's not um, half as beautiful as your, your stories that you're telling me. I live in an area, I'm not going to name it for, for public reasons, but we have all the shop owners in our streets have water bowls outside for all of the animals. Um, to come and drink water. Um, However, they are obviously on a leash. They're not stray. (laughs) Um, So it makes a big difference, um, you know, in comparison. But I actually wanted to um, close off with a, a story that I found very, very fascinating. Like, I almost feel that it's so beautiful to hear the kindness that's instilled within the Turkish culture. However, I also believe that the Turkish are very resilient, and, and innovative. If you look at, um, I was a, a while ago. I read a book, and I do. I hope that I that I have this right, but the glass makers, um, I think it was either thirteen hundreds or sixteen hundreds, left the civil war in Turkey and went to Rome. Now, Rome in those days wasn't cement buildings; it was wooden ho- wooden homes, and the empire said hey, these guys can't stay, they're going to burn all the villages down, they can't stay here, they have to go to Murano. So they took all of these glassmakers and they put them in Murano and they they basically excluded them from the the communities and they were not allowed to leave. That was their place and that's where they stayed. And what happened was when they put all of these Turkish glassmakers together It became like an innovation hub. So glass used to be very opaque and sandy. It was very different. And somehow the Turks managed to figure out a way how to make the glass go clear. And to see through it. And this is all of a sudden this massive innovation that was born. All of a sudden the economy goes through the roof because now there's a need for glass vases um, that help for science and the science industry was booming. It was used everywhere. They were doing so well in Rome that they said to the Turks, you guys are not allowed to leave this country. If you leave, we will give you the death penalty. That's it. You are staying here because it helped the economy. And it's it just shows me like looking from that perspective is, um even I'm um, with the wars. I mean I, I I went to go and do um some talks in Netherlands, and in Europe I was traveling doing a Europe tour, and I came back and I was flying through I think it was Ankara. And I was petrified. <laughs> I was flying Turkish um Turkish airlines and I thought, oh my gosh, it's like a war zone. Like, oh my gosh. And there was all these bombs and stuff that was going off during this time. And on this tour that I did, I met um a, a significant um CEO who's also a professor, and he has built technology mixed reality, which is like almost like the metaverse already. Mixed reality in order for students to be at home to join the classroom. And he teaches into in this mixed world. He gives class because the students can't leave their homes because of the war happening. And in this terrible, sad world, they still find ways to to do good things, but also to innovate and solve real problems. And that is something to me that has really been something I really respect about the Turks. And um, what is your view on that and closing thoughts?
2: So, you know, uh, first of all, the war that, I'm not sure what war was that, you know, the terrorist attacks, yeah, it happens a couple of times, but you know, the the war, <laughs> I cannot call that as a war. You know, it happens that everywhere, I uh, thank God, you know, it's been perfectly fine in the last almost 20 years. Uh,
1: I think it might've yeah. been terrorist attacks. It was happening during this time. That we were traveling, so then let me just not call it a war before I have hate speech against me
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Carmen actually you asked me different things but I want to tell you something different things too, okay First of all, I want to tell you some very interesting things many people doesn't know, okay They don't know turkey is part of europe and part of asia there is one city which is called Istanbul. Right now, I think it's 18 million population. Half of Istanbul is belong to Europe. Half of Istanbul is belong to Asia. So you can walk or drive from Asia to Europe, Europe to Asia, right? There is only one country in the whole world, two continents in one city. There is only one country in the whole world has four sea around the countries. That's Turkey. Lexi, agency, Sea, and Mediterranean Sea. This cover all Turkey, right? And there is also, you know, the Virgin Mary. Virgin Mary house is in Turkey, in Ephesus. Actually, like 20 years ago, when I went to visit that, Bill Clinton, Chelsea Clinton, and also Hillary Clinton were visiting the uh, the Virgin Mary house because they put a candle, right? And, you know, they just pray. They let us wait uh two, three hours after, you know, they left, and I go, I ask the security manager, I'm like, do they write anything? He said, yes, and I take a picture of that, you know, <laughs> that's, I had no the picture, what the, yeah, what Bill Clinton wrote, you know, that many people don't know that, right? And also, Troy of Horse, do you know Troy of Horse, right? You know, when they made the movie, after the movie, they send the Troy, the horse into the Troy, which is in chanakkale because it happens there. And when you go there, a horse pictures taking more than a full towel. So it is unbelievable, right? You know, north of Ark. I
1: know that. Yeah,
2: looking in the mountain of Ararat in Turkey. So that's it's not just a Turkey because before Turkey, Turkey became a Turkey, it was Anatolia, you know, old San Nicholas, you know, Santa Claus. It's just born in Turkey. And you know that tradition How born you in Turkey: That
1: one Estonia is also claiming that one.
2: No, just go check that.: <laughs> in, in, in fact, in fact, I personally visit there, and the tomb of the St. Nicholas is in Turkey too. and it's just Google it, uh, Carmen, or next time when you go to Turkey, make sure you let me know. <laughs> I, have a, I have a hook up there. <laughs> in fact I have, a, <laughs> I have some good friends there. So you know so many interesting things, right? That things like the religion, religion starts in Anatolia, you know, when the when the uh, Jesus was when the Jesus was crucified and the Virgin Mary walked from uh, Jerusalem to do Demre, which uh, to do Ephesus, and where she died. There, this reason is a Virgin Mary house. There, there is so many interesting things. That when you study, you find that It's not because it's Turkey. It's because the civilization and the religious and the culture start in that area. Now, luckily, we have that place called as a country. So, you know, it's very interesting places, like so many historical places. And now your question. People do not know what's their ability until they see the difficulty. You understand what I mean? I'm sure that person wouldn't invent that one. If the corona wasn't there so you know it is we could all be this that person you know when you see the fire is behind you you run faster than you know any outlet in the whole world why because you know that difficulty you see that your body uh, mind adjusted that difficulty so i'm i'm very proud of him and you know very good for him that he did something great for the kids
1: Fantastic. Like, well, listen. I mean, may we all learn from Askida As- As- Ikmeq. Uh, may we As- all. Askida. Askida Ikmeq. Now cry again. Now cry again. I know. I'm going to say that, <laughs> that. And you're going to call.
2: You're going to call me Bali again. But so <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that was our joke. Like, on the ships, I used to call him Bali all the time, and he was like, "What do yeah, you mean by the Bali, the old, the, the, old on man?" The south <laughs> the <laughs> oh my gosh! No, we used to like, you know, we used to hang out a lot, and we had a lot of fun and joy. Yeah, we used to tease the crap out of each other. So if you hear us laughing, just please understand it comes with a sense of human understanding. So, my pronunciation is obviously terrible, but yeah. Carmen, as- I think, as- can I tell you something? Sorry. Yeah, Can tell I tell me. you something? You, Before may. you
2: go ask me, I think <laughs> you, you, need, you need to mention how great was life in the cruise ship with the 70 different nationalities. Yes. The black, the white, the green, the yellow, the, you know, the Muslim, Catholic, atheist, you know, the, how great the life was there, right, Carmel?
1: It was the most fascinating life. thing. Fascinating. How have,
2: have become family, right? You know, I know I can go anywhere in the world and I have a friend to call to have a coffee. You know, what a great feeling, right? Like, I think if the world become like a cruise ship,
1: yeah.
2: oh my God, you know, like I, I still have a connection with my old cruise friends because they are part of my family. They made me who I am today. And they made you who you are too, Carmen. That hard work, that dedication, that open minded, that understanding the different culture and accepting different culture. Not try to make the people like you just learn what you can give to them or just you can take it's from so them. True. You know, that's I I wanna I wanna thanks to you know all the cruise company, not just one. And I hope every single person at least in their life work year or two in the cruise ship mm. to see and to change their mind because i was I was who I am today before I joined the cruise ship
1: yeah it 's it's, it's, it's life changing and I think from my perspective what what i 've learned there is if seventy nationalities on one ship can get along and, and it 's because as as you and I had this conversation it 's like you know, we used to eat together, we used to party together, you know, some people found love there. Like it was it was just a place where everybody managed to unite irrespective of their differences. So diversity inclusion was never an issue for us. I think that you would actually get fired if if you did not treat somebody else with the same dignity and respect.
2: Absolutely. And you should.
1: And um the rules were so so different. So it really taught us very different things things and I mean if it wasn't for the ships because I, I I call myself a unicorn I I work with my left and my right brain so I'm very much into numbers and data and science and all of that kind of stuff and then creativity and bringing those two things together the right side which is the emotional side is what we li- living I mean I was a housekeeper living to be of service to others and and through that it has awakened my love for marketing and i think this is this is the important thing is is that just like uh, treating each other with respect and always listening to people but not just that is um the guest that came to visit was also not um, necessarily from from our belief systems, or our religions, or whatever, and we used to be of service to all of them as well, and treat them like kings and queens, and that was the way it's done, and I think that it's it's probably, even if you can't work on a cruise ship, if you can at least just work in hospitality, that you can learn the importance of people, and managing them, but for you and I, as always, like if we start talking, we'd never stop, so I'm going to have to let you go so that you can actually start your day in Florida. Um, but I just wanted to say that it has been an absolute privilege and honor to catch up again. And hopefully when all of this craziness is over um, we get to travel again I would love to catch up with you but it has been absolutely a privilege and I just want to thank you and thank you for sharing the kindness of your heart your resilience and always making an impact on our lives you're a very special human zoom applause
2: Carmen, <laughs> Carmen I want to thank you and I'm so proud to see your success and you deserve the world and thanks for being who you are God bless you God bless your family, God bless South Africa, God bless United States of America, and God bless Turkey. God bless everybody.
1: Yes. I I love love you guys. guys. Love you guys. Bye-bye now.
0: Bye. You've been listening to The Carmen Murray Show, another solid gold podcast. Please take a moment to rate and share this episode with friends and colleagues who love customer experience and marketing just as much as you do. To connect with Carmen, visit CarmenMurray.com, where you will find links to her business services, future fit events, and biz community articles. Carmen Murray is CEO of Ouya Modern Marketing Services that empower businesses to deliver premium customer experiences, B2B, B2C, and B2B2C, across all industries. Some of these services include research, CX Strategy, Persona Development and Customer Journey Mapping, CX Audits, UX Audits, and the Connected Marketer Training in Connected Customer Experiences, Mobile, Data Management, and AI. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.